Hey friends, and welcome to the podcast of our church, The Open Door. Um, today we have a message from Reverend Bala Kellop. Bala is the Associate Director of the World Mission Initiative at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. He is also um, the author of a brand new book along with his co-worker Hunter Farrell called Freeing Congregational Mission. Um, Bala is the spouse of my co-pastor, Cheryl Kellop. Without uh, further ado, here is Bala sharing the word of God with us. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, thank you, John, for that uh, introduction. And of course, uh, it's grateful to see you, everyone here. Um, yeah, so uh, grateful for this opportunity to preach uh, with you. This is my first time to uh, share um, the word of God with you this morning. And um, yeah, so uh, for this morning, uh, there's... Um, I pick a scripture a passage uh, which is uh, not necessarily from the uh, from the uh, from the revised comment uh, revised uh, lectionary, but uh, it's something that kind of um, grateful to think for us, especially as we live in this time. So I'll be reading a scripture passage uh, from. Um, Luke chapter 17, verses um, 11 to 19. Um, let us hear the word of the Lord, and you can follow along the scripture which is posted on the website. Uh, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They call out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and hanged him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not 10 made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Let's lock to God and pray. Gracious and heavenly God, we are so grateful. We are so thankful for this morning and for this new day that you've added into our lives. We are so grateful for this opportunity to praise and to worship together as your people, as your children, O oh Lord. We pray so that you will be with us this morning as we uh, listen to your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
So um, today, Cheryl and I celebrate our 12th wedding anniversary. Uh, beside uh, today also is uh, Easy's um, seventh birth uh, uh, birthday. So um, yeah, it's a big day in our household, of course. So uh, 12 years ago on a snowy day, this man from India who had never seen snow before and had only been in this country for three days prior uh, took a vows and promising to marry a young and beautiful woman at First Presbyterian Church of Worcester, Ohio. Looking back at that very day, it seems unbelievable to think that I will have left everything I was familiar with, my family, my friends, my culture, and my customs to move to be with a woman I had only known for two short years, and much of the relationship had been on had been over Skype. All I knew about the United States was from Hollywood movies, tele-evangelists, uh, tele and WWE wrestling I used to watch at my young age. Indeed, there was so much adjustment, learnings, and cultural barriers I had to overcome, which at times was difficult, yet amidst the many ups and downs, I'm so grateful to have witnessed God at work and God's presence through the love and care of the people I have encountered. There are so many things I have been uh, grateful for during these past 12 years of my life in the United States. But one incident in particular is something I can forget, especially on our uh, anniversary. Two days, before our wedding, uh, after going to get our marriage license, I lost my passport, and in it all the travel documents to prove my legal pres my my legal presence in the country. So you can imagine the stress that added to our big day. Cheryl felt ter uh, felt terrible because she was uh, because she out of her love had been the one holding them for me. In the weeks and months to follow, we took several trips to the Indian consulate in New York City to apply for a duplicate passport. I finally got an appointment for the interview with the officers in the consulate. The officers didn't really believe that I entered the country legally since I didn't have any copies of any documents to prove it. After some time and out of frustration, one Indian uh, diplomat began interrogating me, saying, tell us the truth. Where did you enter the country, from Canada or from Mexico? Let me tell you, at that, at that moment, I was deeply shocked, angry, and scared because I thought that there was a good chance I will be deported. The Indian consulate told me that if they issued a duplicate passport, they were going to indicate that I entered the country illegally undercover. I cried and pleaded with them, but they were not willing to change their position unless I had some proof. Then a miracle happened. I learned from my mother-in-law that she had pulled 
my boarding passes out of the trash as a souvenir for my, uh, for my first flight to the United States. Thank God those safe boarding passes changed everything, which eventually led me to be where I am right now. Yes, indeed, I'm, 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 deep, I'm, I'm deeply grateful to God because I can truly remember, still remember the fear of being an undocumented person in this country for a couple of months. There was always a sense of insecurity and helplessness, but God made away. Being grateful is, is one of the most important virtues in life. It is what helps an individual and a community to move on amidst the everyday life struggles. It is what keeps a community together amidst painful reality. Being grateful is at the heart of our scripture this morning. What we learn from the scripture is that out of the 10 men who receive healing from their diseases, only one of them who is described as a Samaritan and a foreigner returned back to praise God. <clears throat> Not only does he just praise God with his lips, he even demonstrated his deep gratitude to Jesus by his action. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Imagine the joy that could not be contained inside this foreigner's heart when all of a sudden his life, had, his life has been turned around. He saw that the illness that had tormented and reduced him to nothing and that caused him to live a segregated life far from his own family and community was suddenly gone. Basically, he realized that his entire human dignity was restored. He no longer needed to distance himself from others. I mean, who wouldn't be grateful to experience such healing and redemption? Yet our scripture says that this was not the case with the rest of the nine lepers. Interestingly, these other, uh, other lepers, without a doubt, followed Jesus' instruction to go and show themselves to the priests, and they all received healing from their illness like the one Samaritan. But they failed to acknowledge their gratitude to God and to Jesus for their healing. We don't, we don't really know why these nine didn't feel it was necessary to return like the foreigner did to give thanks. My assumption is that maybe the other nine felt entitled to what they had been given. Maybe they thought that they had done enough since they, they worked so hard to get to get Jesus' attention in the first place, did what Jesus instructed them to do and had followed the law by showing themselves to the priests before they joined with the society once again. So why should they care to return back to that stinky and murky borderland where Jesus had met them? There was nothing for them there to care about anymore. I don't know about you, but it seems to me that the sense of entitlement is very strong in many people around the world, especially with many people in America. 
our American culture is structured for us to believe that we deserve what we earn and have in our lives, and we have every right to receive what we want. In a culture where we can get what we want in an instant, we always feel that we are the center of the universe and everything should revolve around our needs and expectations. Sadly to say that this even means that as American, we might go to an extreme length to receive what makes us happy even at the expense of others. And this is what we see in our country today, especially in how the United States relates to other countries. We think highly of ourselves as the ones who walk so hard, play by the rules and always do what is right. We even think that no one else is deserving like we are in this world because we earn it by our own sweat and tears. Unfortunately, this sense of entitlement has led many people not to be grateful for what they have, they have received. In fact, it causes them to even forget who they are and where and how they got where they are in their life. What we see in our scripture is that this one foreigner, after he saw that he was healed, returned back and gave praise to Jesus. Did you know he returned back and then praised God? I believe the act of returning back is critical. By returning back to the place where we have been or think back, thinking back on where we came from will help us a great deal to be thankful for what God has done in our lives. When I look back and think of where I came from and what I have been through, I am grateful for all of God's blessings in my 12 years of my life here in the United States. We cannot be grateful unless we take the time to returning back or to think back to where we have been in our lives and how we, how we ended up where we are. This doesn't only apply to our individual lives, but also we need to go back and look where our family came from and how they got here. Kristen Paul, um, in her book, Living in Community, Cultivating Practices That Sustains Us, said, I quote, in scripture, remembering falsely or forgetting entirely is often associated with an absence of gratitude. One of the saddest judgments passed on people in scripture is that they didn't remember God's steadfast love, end quote. Friends, I, I, I don't know about you, but for me, cultivating gratitude this month has been especially hard. With the uncertainty of school closer, closure and the inability for any of us to plan for the future, we are more focused on survival than stopping and giving thanks. But maybe if we remember with open minds and hearts, we can find reasons to give thanks. If we know where we have come from, then we can recognize the miracle that is us sitting here breathing and worshiping God. We aren't where we were two years ago. We have 
a vaccine. We know more about masks and social distancing. This virus has taught us lessons on what really matters and how precious life is. There is a lot to worry about and a lot to feel sad about, but there is still something to be grateful for. Sometimes we are so focused on the future, worrying about when we will be able to go on vacation or when, we, when can we depend on schools being consistently open or when will our babies and toddlers be vaccinated that we forget to do what that one leper did and look back to where we have come from. For when we look back, we can help but fall flat on our faces and say, thank you, God. This kind of gratitude doesn't just makes doesn't doesn't just make our days more tolerable, but rather it changes the way we interact with the world. Jesus' last word to the foreigner was to get up and go. Out of a place of gratitude, Jesus is able to call this person, this individual, and us to live, to, to, to a life lived faithful. To him and to us, a people who have been blessed richly and out of our grateful hearts, we need to get up from where we are and go. Go and share the story of what we have been through as individuals and a people of the ways we have found God faithful. Go share with others God's love and hope to those who are still crying in the borderlands. Have mercy on us. Go share God's work of justice and liberation to all who are powerless and subjugated by the power and principalities of this world. For when we allow God's goodness to shape our thoughts, we can find things to be grateful for in every corner of our being, which changes the way we live our lives and interact with others. It is only through that gratitude that we are able to stop saying, this is mine, or I deserve this, and start saying, thank you, and I have enough to share. Today, I am grateful. Today, I choose to give thanks, not because everything is perfect, but because I can remember from where I have come. Sibling in Christ, I invite you to remember, to sing out with a thankful heart, and then and then to go to love and serve our God. Amen. If you're interested in joining us for worship, check out our website, pghopendoor.net. You can get info um, on our Zoom gatherings that are happening until mid-February, and then we're back in person um, February 20th, I think it is. Excited to get back in person. Um, As long as uh, COVID numbers continue dropping, we expect that will happen. 
As always, or usual at least, our music is written and composed by This Side of Eve, consisting of myself and Alyssa Creasy. You can hear more of our music at thissideofeve.com or on any streaming platform that you might use. God's peace to you as you enter into your day uh, today. See you next week.